Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, Nikki Kinzer, we've got a good conversation today. We do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey Dixon is back with us. She's going to talk to us about burnout. Uh, Yes. What are the signs? What are the symptoms? Can you really fix burnout with a good vacation? Hmm? Mm. We're going to settle that one once and for probably not all. Um, And uh, we're really excited to have her here. Do we have any news for the people? Do you have any news for the good people? Well, I know that we're very close to making our goal. And for Patreon. It's March Madness. It's March Madness and your trailer is out. So if people have not listened to that, they need to uh, get the link. You'll put that down on the the show notes here today, I assume, right? If you haven't heard it, I don't know how you possibly could have missed it. It's been everywhere. It was in the show last week. It has been in the feed by itself as a standalone. It's in Patreon. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. I hope you've seen it. I'm very excited about it. And I am recording our first little uh, guest interview with the good Doc Anderson tomorrow afternoon. We're going to talk about uh, the first episode is, is I already have a title, uh, Jurassic Park and the Vampire Project. Yeah, Ooh, that's I right. like it. Provocative. Am I right? Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm very excited about episode one, A Placeholder, which will drop, uh, I believe uh, we have it. This is the last day of the month on the 31st. I think I have that scheduled. So uh, just the way the schedule worked out. So that'll go out. Um, it is members only for patrons. And so mm-hmm. uh, everybody gets to uh, uh, hear it when it goes live. And then it's patrons only. That's it. That's right. So come New join Patreon. us. Come, come join, join our us. community. We'd love to, love to, love you, have you in there. And we are so close to hitting that magic 250. Uh, we uh, we have, I don't know, five or six left. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's really it's, close. It's so yes. close. Uh, thank you, everybody. But, you know, we should say thank you so much to everyone who has upgraded their Patreon membership to the, the new platinum tier. My goodness, mm-hmm. that surprised me more than anything else, not the least of which that people are act- that actually showed up to Coffee with Pete, our tech chat exclu- available <laughs> exclusively to uh, members of the Platinum channel, uh, which was two Fridays ago and will be happening, happening monthly. But also how excited people are already talking about coaching with Nikki, which is coming up Tuesday? 
the last Tuesday of the month. Last Tuesday yes. of the month, which is also next, available for everyone week. at every tier, but to the Platinum members only starting in April. So excited about this. This is this is a real game changer for those of you who have who have looked at what we are offering and have decided to upgrade your membership to spend more, you know, small group time with me and Nikki. It's really magical. So thank you, thank you, thank you for for making that change. It makes a huge difference in what we're able to do, what we're able to yes. block time to do. Um, so it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more, to sign up, to upgrade your membership. Anything you want to do there will gratefully uh, uh, willing acceptance. Is that a word? Acceptance? To be an acceptant? No. Anything you want to do there, we are super grateful for your participation. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. And now, let's talk to Casey Dixon. Welcome, Casey Dixon, back to the show. We're so excited. It's been way too long. Casey is an ADHD coach. She's worked with a wide range of individuals. Uh, I like this this the most, that she works with lawyers and, and doctors and other smarty pants people. She's <laughs> That's in right. Her, in her, her new bio, <laughs> smarty pants people. Hi, Casey. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. We are talking about burnout today. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nikki, uh, set this up for us. This is clearly, I, well, I don't want to say this is inspired oh. by real events because who who would want to <laughs> do that? But uh, how's how's your work? <laughs> what made you what, what, my... what made you think of this topic? Are you insinuating that I'm I feel like I don't out? Even, is that I don't even need to insinuate. <laughs> I feel like I just need to look in a mirror. I'll just tell you, I'm burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. I I'm not at a I'm not burnt out. I I'm gonna say that I'm not because I'm in a good place, very good place. Um, however, I will say that many of my clients are not in a great place and they are burnt out. And this comes out comes up a lot, and um, it has come up probably even more so in COVID era, I would say, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And so this is one of the reasons I am so excited to have you here, Casey, is to talk about this and uh, get your perspective of what's happening, why it's happening. And I'm really also something I want you to address is I think that sometimes people think, oh, I'll just take a vacation and it will like make a difference, but they're going back to what they, you know, were when they left. And so I don't know if a vacation is yeah, good like, enough. Is there a way to, to <laughs> what is I'm the saying. way to really significantly yeah. impact your burnout and not just not working for a few days? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. How about we start with what burnout is? Like, how would you describe it? Well, I think the, what the trick, especially for our clients who have ADHD is that some of them say, well, because I have ADHD, I just expect to be burned out all the time. Like, is it part of the ADHD package that I'm always feeling overwhelmed or overburdened? Um, and so I do think it's really crucial for us to take a step back and say, can we split these two things apart? Can we say, is there a difference between having ADHD and being burnt out or just having ADHD? Um, which is really hard mm -hmm. to discern. So I think one of the things that obviously, you know, when you're burned out, you have this sort of, I'm an emotionally exhausted. That's the first cue. Well, okay, 
that happens a lot when you have ADHD. You become emotionally overwhelmed, emotionally exhausted. You're thinking about the big to-do list or all the things that haven't gotten done. Um, and so what we're looking for is a deeper level of exhaustion that's more consistent than what you might typically experience as a person with ADHD. Um, so instead of having the things that you need to get done during the day be a struggle, they feel really impossible, just completely overwhelming. Mm. Um, so there's a sort of small difference, but an important difference there. Um, increased things like, well, my mind is just wandering and I cannot pin down my focus on what I need to be paying attention to. There's a reduction in productivity and motivation. So you can start to hear, this sounds a little bit like ADHD, right? But it's just more prevalent, more severe, and more consistent. Um, more irritability what about, is another thing. That's where, that's where I was going. What other like uh, mm -hmm. emotional distress issues? Because I find that's, that's a sign for me. I know if I start to snap at my family or, right. you know, my partners, like I end up like, that's a sign that something's awry. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I have some, you know, and some people respond differently where they become really irritable and you're snapping at people or even yourself. It's like, what is wrong with me? That kind yeah. of snapping. Mm -hmm. And then I have others who go more into a, um, a crying sort of I, I'm tearing up mm -hmm. at the mere suggestion that I have to do something today because I just can't get there um, so you're overreacting or underreacting sometimes if there's something stimulating going on and you just sort of close up and mm -hmm. suddenly you're not reacting at all to something that really warrants a reaction um, is another way of looking for those. So there's a couple of little signs. Also looking at habits. So am I sleeping too much or not sleeping at all? Am I eating too much or not eating at all? <laughs> um, am I exercising mm -hmm. too much, which can be a sign or not at all? Um, also going back to bad or negative habits. So things like drinking too much or smoking too much, um, which are really common for people with ADHD. But again, at a atypical level, more consistent level for them. Yeah, that feels like we're talking about now just just like targeting avoidance behaviors. You talk about like working out too much. Like I'm not a guy who works out a lot, but I know when I go to the gym every day, it's usually a sign that I'm I'm avoiding other stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and and mm -hmm. I can I can start to take that. Or if if my wife looks at me and says, "Okay, I think." Maybe you should look in a mirror a little bit because there's. It seems like there's there's something that's causing you. Well, and to, I think what you just said is so important. It's the look in the mirror because for all of our clients, this is going to look differently, right? There's we're going to have yeah. custom made burnout symptoms. So you look at the burnout symptoms that we just walked through, and you say, "Well, that one's not really me." I mean, I have clients who be like, "Exercise too much? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that will never mm -hmm. happen." And then I have other clients for whom that's that is there. When I'm feeling hyper stressed out, that's what I do. I go and work out. The other thing that you want to really look out for are physical signs. You know, are are you getting headaches or panic symptoms or sometimes blurry vision or dizziness? are really just tuning into your body. And the, um, I think the place that a lot of my clients go when I really go, wait a minute, what's going on here with you? Is that their worldview shifts from being optimistic to being really cynical and negative. Mm -hmm. 
what that means is they just don't have any emotional energy to be optimistic anymore. So I'm curious with some of the clients that I've worked with who have definitely uh, have said that they feel burnt out, they still go to work. They still do what they need to do. But part of the problem is that there's so much to do and there's just not enough time in the day to do it. And then they have all of these demands on them. So for some of them, not all of them, but for some of them, they feel like they have to work even harder and longer and and feel bad if they got distracted during the day. They have to take that home now, you know? So I'm just curious, like how does that work? You're still working, you're still being productive in some way, but you're still feeling all of these, you know, uh, overwhelming yeah, feelings I, of burnout. This is exactly what I see with most of my clients. That they're not laying on the couch all day doing nothing, but they, mm-hmm. and this is another, <laughs> this is another area where it's harder, I think, to split burnout from ADHD, right? People with the, the ADHD people that I work with are really engaged and working hard. You know, people who think that adults who have ADHD are lazy couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these, mm-hmm. yeah, know, the clients that I work with are already working harder and longer and trying um, to implement elaborate systems to get their work to be more efficient and productive and focused than the people around them that, who do not have ADHD. So Okay, we're working harder. Mm-hmm. We're working longer. We're we're um, but now I'm doing that even more because it's getting to be burned out. So this is why I'm saying it's like kind of like ADHD symptoms that you can expect, but the volume's turned way up, and the volume doesn't go mm-hmm. down anymore. So like some days we'll have inconsistency where you have tons of energy and things are flowing and there's not overworking happening, and then the next day boom, you're not motivated. It's hard to get things going. You're putting in extra time, sort of pseudo working. You're not sure what you're doing. Your energy is exhausted. Our clients flip around a lot. There's inconsistency. Okay. Let's talk more about that because I, when you just said that, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's so true. I can have a client who will have a great week. And then the next week is like the worst week ever. And it, and it doesn't have to be just a week. It can be a day like a great day. And then, so what's happening there? Well, I mean, I think that inconsistency is one of the consistent hallmarks of ADHD and, you know, uh, managing. Right, so right. I don't, I don't know no. anything about all of this. Nothing. Oh, Pete doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it does just to interject. It, it does feel like what we're kind of talking about here is that, you know, a misappropriation of the term burnout to always be classified as I'm burned out at work. But that's not really it, right? There is this is just sort of a, a life burnout right now, right? Well, and I think we have to look at the again, all ADHD symptoms for are going to impact you in all areas of your life. It's not just something that happens at work. Um, but this inconsistency, sometimes people will be um, really struggling at work, but the stuff at the home front's going well or the stuff at work is going well. And when they arrive home, everything's falling apart and they're not connecting with right. their family. And the, you know, the garage has never gotten cleaned out and the bills aren't being paid. So I'm not exercising, sleeping, eating correctly. So that's where we need to look at this consistency issue. So rather than trying to fix all of the things at once, which is inherently overwhelming, we're going to look at, okay, 
Is it the afternoons where I get exhausted? Or is it something that happens? Like Nikki, you were saying, well, one week was fabulous. And the next week, eh, not so great. Okay, let's really take a deep dive observation moment to look at what was influencing those two different ways of engaging as an ADHD person. So what made that work? What made that fall apart? Right, right. So really getting uh, more information around it. So that you can design your Mm -hmm. plans or strategies or tactics or things that are going to help you. But when somebody is really in that deep place of being burned out, it's more consistently just exhaustion, fatigue, overwhelm, not getting things done, poor focus, irritability, or emotional dysregulation mm-hmm. to the point where they're saying, wait a minute, my, even though I think this is kind of the, the thing that I look for, even though I have my ADHD supports in place, so I've got my medication if I'm doing that setup, that's going well. I have my coach or my group or my therapist, and I have my tactics in place, and I've got my daily planning and my to-doist all rocking and rolling. And yet my ADHD seems to be getting worse or at least mm. not better. Right. That's when you start to feel this like irritability and hopelessness and fatigue and overwhelm because you're doing all the things and yet all the things aren't really Mm -hmm. helping. So when that happens, that I think it helps to take a step back and say, wait a minute, this is not just expected because I have ADHD. Let's look at burnout as a separate issue. It also seems to open, you know, I I think we, with the, the change in work habits, right? People working, not going to work every day, many of us in another place for so long and having to adjust to some new habits. My hunch is that's confused the issue for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. right? People who may have associated, previously associated with burnout as being a thing that they only experience at work. And now they're working at home and now their context is different and burnout gets Pile, just like pile on burnout, right? It's the burnout of the stuff you know you're supposed to be doing for the day job, but also, you know what? You haven't changed your sheets in like six weeks and probably you should stop eating Triscuits in them. And uh, right, those those kinds of things start to really pile on, making it maybe harder to determine what is burnout and what is, you know, lack of, of systems uh, productivity or systems that fall apart. No, I think it's harder if you can't compartmentalize, right? This is just happening at work. Yeah. Or this is just happening with my my partner, or this is just happening in the household stuff. It's all being mushed right now for a lot of people. Yeah, compartmentalizing is a huge ADHD strategy for me, right? It's huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's so much shame that's attached to everything. So when the sheets haven't been cleaned, there's Mm -hmm. shame around that. And so even though logically, you know, oh, all I have to do is take the sheets off and put them in the washer, that's a really hard thing to do. And, you know, there's so much, so many feelings wrapped around yeah. all of these yeah. things as well. That's the, that's the thing. I, you tell me, oh, all you have to do is put the sheets in the washer. Yeah. But I always come back to, yeah, but how? 
and when. <laughs> yeah, right, like right. And when, step. and I'm in bed right <laughs> yeah. now, so I really she, don't want to do it right are now. Are you telling yeah. me I need to get it's in the washing easy. machine? I just, those questions are real when I'm in, when I'm comfortable. Well, and you'll forget when you're not in bed. Yeah. The yeah. shoots are important, but then exactly. once you get there, you're like, oh, this again. I should have done this. I should. Why didn't I yeah. do this? And so it's just this constant, you know, beating yourself up. And and yeah, I see that a lot uh, overlapping with both the home front and the work front is, you know, this expectation that I should have this clean house. I should have all of these things done and I'm not doing it. And it's so interesting um, to, to listen to how much um, shame is there, you know, and and wanting to to break that cycle because it's not it, it's not helping it's mm -hmm. not serving um and it keeps you stuck you know it keeps you even more in the dirty right. sheets um so i'm curious what do you do now here i recognize that this is what's happening how how do i go about changing it or feeling better. Like, I just want to yeah. feel better. And I think the first thing is the acknowledging piece. Like, okay, if I'm tuning in to listen to a bunch of podcasts about burnout, <laughs> that might be a sign that right. I'm experiencing this, but I'm not acknowledging it in a real way. So one of my team coaches, Melanie, so since he always says, look, if you smell, if you smell smoke, get out of the house, don't go hide under the bed. And this is really hard because I, again, I think a lot of really high achievers, you know, successful people and people who are struggling on a daily basis, which are all, can all, that's not mutually exclusive, right? That can be the same person are willing to sort of say, well, yeah, I'm experiencing some burnout, but I'm just going to do what I always do and struggle bus my way through this day and say, this is just part of having ADHD, like I said. So it's, Let's acknowledge that, mm -hmm. no, this doesn't have to be part of having ADHD. You can have ADHD and not be in a constant state of overwhelm. And so really acknowledging that in a deep enough way that you seek support for what it is that you are trying to deal with. And so, of course, I am an ADHD coach, so it makes sense for me to recommend that. But I think ADHD coaches... Mm -hmm. are really adept at sort of saying, okay, what is going on here? Let's take a deep dive observation of what you're noticing. Let's design around those observations. Let's make some plans and externalize around that so that you can get out of burnout territory and go back to just regular old ADHD land. Um, therapy, you know, um, is another important support mechanism. If you really experience a lot of emotional um, exhaustion, then that is a good place to go to look to say, how can I reduce the stressors and increase the things in life that make me feel certain and safe and supported and secure and joyous and start to fill my tank instead of constantly depleting it. Um, so those are a couple of things, but I think one of the things that I focus on, I call them the overs. <laughs> so. I don't know if you, I'm sure you see this too, but the people with ADHD, we talked about it already. They're, they're wor working harder. They're working longer in order to compensate or overcompensate for their perceived limitations that are ADHD related or real limitations that are ADHD related. They overwork. 
They overthink mm-hmm. about what's not getting done or what is getting done. They over-perfect things or over-analyze or over-anticipate. How is that going to go for me? Um, yeah. So this kind of overdoing it all the time is a compensatory thing that I see that can actually be helped in order to get out of the overwhelm, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed, what can we back out of and start doing less of? So is it really important that you have Triscuits in your sheets? If I, not really, no, (laughs) it's not. Mm -hmm. Unless it's important to your partner who's like, hey, no more Triscuits in the sheets, right? So we have to evaluate what's really important and what isn't really worth your energy and time and self. It's interesting because I think that one of the things that uh, you, what I think you're saying and you can... uh, let me know if I'm getting this right. It, it's also kind of taking a step back and, and it's that prioritizing in the sense of not everything has the same urgency, which is really hard because we know that with ADHDers, that's what they, everything is, is important. So from what I'm hearing is that you're taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, let's, let's really see what, what needs your energy and what is okay to just, Hey, don't worry about this right now. So this goes back to taking a a step back and saying, okay, really, if I look at my to-do list and there's a billion things on there and I'm feeling burned out, literally going through and just deleting some things. I'll bet you if you really, mm-hmm. really go in there with um, this sort of fierce energy that it's time to delete, you can find some things that you can just say, you know what, I'm not doing that. Um, and oh, also yeah. things that don't need to be done now. So can I delay that? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have borrowed I, in, in my coaching groups and in my Live Well sort of online course that I have. I talk about the five D's quite a lot. And this is a great way to help my clients to get rid of the overdoing thing, overworking, overanalyzing, overthinking. Um, Four of the D's, I have to say, I took straight out of Julie Morgenstern's book. Um, Yeah, she's a fantastic professional organizer. She wrote a book called Time Management from the Inside Mm -hmm. Out. So I've talked to her and her D's are to delete to ruthlessly go in there and start deleting things. The second one is to delay, Mm -hmm. right? Not unintentionally put it off, but with intention, say, I'm going to do this some other month or some other year (laughs) or some other day. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is to diminish, which is to make this smaller. So let's say I have to write an article rather than finding all of the important sources for that article and overthinking and overdoing it, I'm only going to find three. And then I'm going to trust myself to mm-hmm. write the article. So that sort of brings the task in and makes it smaller. So that could actually prevent the over-researching piece. Uh, exactly. Yes. 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 Precisely. The other one is to, to delegate. Oh, that's my favorite one. Yes. We love that's that my one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you really need to change your sheets or can somebody else do that for you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I've, over the years, added a 50, which I call, which I've named disappoint. Mm. Um, and I think this is an incredibly powerful D for my clients who are 
really, going back to what you were talking about, Nikki, was the shame. They're inadvertently disappointing people, right? Mm -hmm. I, oh, that person emailed me and now it's been three months and I'm disappointed them and now I feel this ball of shame. Mm -hmm. So rather than doing it inadvertently, I'm asking my clients to find ways that they can disappoint people on purpose to help them get a handle on their to-do list because people with ADHD have a tendency to, to over say yes and over commit. There's more overs for you to things that they optimistically say, Oh yeah, I can do that. Let's just add that to the giant pile. Okay. So I see Mm -hmm. what you're saying. So what you're saying is find ways to disappoint, which is also saying no, like setting your boundaries. Like I'm not taking this on. So I'm going to, it's almost like I'm going to disappoint you now. Rather than later, <laughs> later yes. and feel the shame yeah. that's attached to that. So yeah. you're eliminating that this is, all together. This is the, yeah, uh, interesting. It's it's the RSD, right? It's the this is like looking square in the eyes of rejection yes. sensitivity and saying, "I'm going to own yeah. it. I'm going to own it today Bring on it my terms." Right. I'd rather disappoint you than passively have you disappointed in me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Right. I'd like yeah. to do it on my terms. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, and I think. Not only to say, and I know disappoint is a difficult word, but to to say, can you disappoint somebody today? You know, who is the person that you can disappoint today? Or what can you do to disappoint somebody today? And then celebrate that mm-hmm. rather than think, oh, that was bad. I'm bad again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this goes back to another thing that I talk about quite a lot, which is sort of shifting from being bad to being badass, right? Oh, I like that. This, like a badass person who's going to fiercely go in and ruthlessly go in and say, I'm in charge Mm -hmm. of what is in my scope of energy and what I have to do for myself in my life. You're not in charge. I am. I'm putting myself back in the driver's seat. And oh, by the way, task that's not worth my time, get the heck off my bus. Yeah. So I'm going to disappoint you and say, get going. That sense of agency that comes with deliberately using the five D's to put yourself back in the driver's seat is one of the things that I have found can really reduce the symptoms of being burned out. It seems to all come back to control. Like one of the things that I find is, is uh, a salve for burnout is feeling is regaining control. And, and I, I really like the idea of especially going through Todoist and and deleting or uh, to add to your D's de-dating. That's one of the things that I that's really important because I know there are things in Todoist that I'm gonna eventually have to do, but taking the date off makes of a them huge difference, means that right. I can, yeah, I can re I I can reframe that into a an intentional scheduling project later, later mm-hmm. right? That's the yeah, I can I can schedule that later. Uh, this is uh, I I really like the idea of being super intentional about how I define control in my in my day, my week, my life. So going back to what we said at the very beginning about the vacation, like it all kind of makes sense, like why a vacation is not going to, you know, cure burnout, like what you've explained and talked about, like these are, these are habits and, and intentional acts that you have to really be doing every day, you know, for a period, well, ongoing, otherwise you're going to get back into that burnout state. I'm curious do you ever find, and I know I'm probably jumping the gun here, but do you ever find that like maybe they're just not in the right job? Um, I think that that they will find that 
if, you know, it's hard to know that if you're in the middle of being burned out. Yeah. Because you're over emotionally overwhelmed, you're overreacting, you're underreacting, you're irritable, you're you're not motivated, your productivity is not as good. So you're thinking, okay, it's either me or the job. Mm-hmm. But it might actually be the way you're approaching the job. I see. Yeah. Or it might be the job, but you won't know, you that, don't know until that you're approaching the job in a way that proves that theory out. Does that make sense? It does, because that also brings back that, you know, you need to investigate, you need to peel the layers back of what was it about that one week that was so good. And then this week that was, you know, not so good. So it's really, yes, getting the information that you need, because in that state of mind, you're not going to make the decision really on all the facts. You're just based on what you're feeling at that moment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when you decide things in the moment, when you have ADHD, that's red flag territory. Yeah, for sure. Because your dopamine is going to be driving you around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the non-dopamine driven sort of logical, thoughtful, reflective part is going to be left in the back of the bus going, where in the heck are we going? (laughs) Yes. Why are we going down this road again? Um, so I think it's really important to, to, to do the deep observation piece. And this is where coaching can really be helpful, Mm -hmm. of course, but other people who in your life can also help you do that. As long as they're not providing the answers, they're providing the questions, right? right? The observation questions. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? How often does that happen? Is it consistent? Is it not consistent? You know, what's triggering that? There's all these questions. What does it look like when, um, And people can also do that for themselves, but I think really intentionally, like you said, sort of peeling back the layers, making sure your systems are up and running. And then you will say, you know what, this job isn't really the right job for me, or, hey, there are parts of this job that aren't Mm -hmm. really right for me, going back to being a badass. Mm -hmm. And you can say, how do I design around that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I design around the parts of this that are a good fit for me naturally and the parts that aren't? And so that's another intentional sort of piece. I want to go back to the vacation thing just one more time, uh, because I feel like we can both debunk and support this assumption that vacations are the answer to burnout. My hypothesis is if you use everything we've talked about, all of the tools and the D's and the things that we've talked about, and you go into a vacation intentionally freeing yourself of the daily grind that is troublesome, but instead working on reframing how you approach your job, you're going to answer some important questions about whether or not you're burned out, what that burnout looks like, etc. Is it possible to really use a vacation to accomplish a reset and come back less burned out? So I just was talking with a client this morning and she was on spring break with her kids and she had stepped away and she was hiking. She was doing a a four mile hike. She was so excited because she never has time to exercise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She said, yeah, I'm going to be sore. But I did some thinking about what it was that I was hating about my job right now that I wouldn't have been able to do had I not been walking in the forest without a phone sort of watching my kids run around and on the path in front of me, it's sort of that mind wandering aha moment that, that allowed her to say, 
how can I make this job more me and more satisfying for me and more giving rather than taking for me um, so that it gives me energy, it gives me focus, it gives me more motivation, it gives me all those good things I need rather than sucking all of that stuff out of me. And she walked out of the forest with three specific things that she needed to incorporate into her work to that to help her with that. So sometimes a vacation can help provide a little bit of brain space mm-hmm. that's needed. But it's it's pretty risky because as we know, the other part about vacations is that you're supposed to be doing that to recover, right? I've given all my energy to work and to home and now I step away and I'm like, oh, just relax and recover. But as people with ADHD know, in order to go on vacation, you have to pour a ton of energy into like, what do I need to pack? And Mm -hmm. what do I need to get done before I go? And who's going to watch the cat while I'm away? And I mean, it's, and then you get home and there's this giant pile of crap waiting for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Sometimes there's too much of a vacation tax that it's really not worth the recovery time. Um, So I think it depends on the person really, whether that's going to be a useful I don't know if I'm addressing your point, Pete, but whether that's going to be a useful thing or not, Mm -hmm. um, if you cannot sort of recover from your day by sleeping overnight or recover from your week by taking a weekend or recover from your three month or half year period by taking a nice vacation, then you're probably trying to do too much as it is. It's interesting because I think that that what you're what Pete is asking and talking about and what you addressed is there has to be a certain level of of intentional pro, like thought process that I'm going to go into this vacation with the thought of trying to figure out how to make this job better or what is it that is not clicking with me. And I think it is hard to go into a vacation with that kind of intention because you want to just get away from work. And so you don't want to think about it. So I I can also see where it can backfire. Like you have all the best intentions in the world to do it, but then you get disappointed at the end of the week when, boy, that week went by really, really fast. And here it is Saturday. And I'm going back to work in two days, you know, in a day. It's the it's the escape recovery or the the escape escape return paradox, right? Like I I feel like when I go on a vacation and I then I'll know if I'm really feeling burned out. If you know, after a few days, I start getting itchy to think about what could I do different. You know, how could I? How can I? I start getting excited about returning to work and learning more and doing more. And if if I find that I've escaped and no longer have that gravitational pull back, then something has to change. Like that is a triggering event for me that I know I don't want to go back to work right now. And I, I don't, I don't have any expectation that I'm going to want to return to this project. It's just too much. Like sometimes just getting that distance is illustrative in whether or not the burnout is legit. I think the point is that you know, you do need recovery time. People, I'm not suggesting that people with ADHD who are overwhelmed don't get to go on vacation. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I do think think it's really important to make that happen. And like you were saying, I don't want to go there just to think about work. Mm -hmm. You know, you're allowed to go there and just 
not think about work, which would be really beneficial to your ADHD brain for recovery purposes. But at the same time, vacation is not the solution to burnout. Right. Yeah, exactly. You have Mm -hmm. to approach what you're doing in a different way. Mm Um, and get a vacation. Mm-hmm. And get a vacation. <laughs> I, I just That's wanna, right. And do both. Yeah. I, I just want to throw in this, this just this little piece because I, and I, okay, speaking just for me, I take on a lot of shame for not vacationing right. Mm. And there is an assumption that I, that when I go on vacation with family, with friends, et cetera, when, when my brain is, is in fireworks mode, I want to do stuff. I want to think about the projects that I don't have time to think about during the day. And I do that. But there is an, an external observation of Pete not vacationing right because he's not relaxing enough. He's not hiking enough. He's not reading enough books. He's not settling in for game time uh, enough. Like there is, and, and I don't think I'm alone with that, that, that it's, it's okay that, that vacation doesn't have to look like relaxing, recovering, like needing a, an IV of books to constantly go into to demonstrate that I'm recovered. Sometimes it's just the distance in and of itself that is, uh, that, that is enough to, to make a satisfying and energizing vacation. Well, what you're saying can also happen on the weekend. I have so many clients that feel guilty about relaxing on the weekend and not doing Mm -hmm. enough or not catching up. And in one of my groups, just even recently, I said, so how many of you think that I, on the weekend, like do a lot? (laughs) Yeah. And there were a couple who were like, oh, I'm sure you do. And then um, one, one person actually, I thought, explained it really well. She goes, I think you do what you need to do or what you want to do. But then I also think you take a lot of downtime. And I'm like, you're right. I think it's a nice, it is a good balance, but I have no guilt of taking a day off and watching movies all day. Like it doesn't bother me. Um, Whereas for some people, oh my gosh, they couldn't do it because they would feel so bad about everything else that's going on. Well, I think sometimes it's not just about feeling bad about it like it's again it's sort of what is your custom made intention for the weekend look like or your vacation so for Pete it might not be playing board games and laying on the sofa reading books all week it might be doing something that's more active um so but that's okay it's still recovery um and the other thing is you know that again intentionality if you're not taking what my clients often call me time, right? Just time away from work and time away from responsibilities. And I just need some downtime. Then your me time will take you, right? You're, you're going to find yourself Netflixing until three in the morning or playing some silly computer game or, I don't know, rearranging your shoe closet, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> it will sort of drive you there. Um, but again, what your me time, Nikki, and my me, me time and Pete's me time, that all is going to look completely different. And this goes back to self-awareness. You know, what if I'm feeling burned out, what are the things that will help to replenish me? And they're not going to be the same things that will help to replenish you. And how can I do those with intention? Mm-hmm. You know, something that my dad taught me, and I do this now that I I can, and I know that not everybody can do this, but when I was growing up, they always took two-week vacations. 
And his reasoning was always that it took time to get settled. And then by the time he was relaxed, he would still have a whole nother week to be able to enjoy. And they, and they traveled a lot too. So they would go to different places. And I adopted that where I take two weeks at the end of the year, um, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, because most of my clients are gone anyway, too, or with their families. And I take that two weeks. And it is, it is definitely what you're talking about with that just that refreshing, what it, what did you call it? Not refreshing, but, um, recovering, recovering Recovering. is that recovery (laughs) time, right? Like where it is the holiday. So you can really be present with your family and what's going on. Um, but then there's this excitement that happens after Christmas where, oh, we're going into a new year. What am I going to, you know? And so then I start thinking creatively and I'm thinking about the business, but I'm doing it in a way that is exciting where like what Pete was saying, I want to go back to work. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, I, I could try it, but I don't want to. Could I do that in a week? Maybe, but I really like those two weeks, <laughs> you know? So I think it's also kind of learning. Maybe you can't take two weeks, but maybe you can take 10 days or a week and a half or something like that to kind of see, you know, what is your own body doing to relax and and have that buffer time when you come home. I mean, one of the things I tell my clients is when you come home from vacation, don't go to work the very next day. Right. Give yourself some transition time. Have to have some transition time. Yeah. Well, and this this gets back to to burnout for me, which is the and and why we sort of veered into vacationing. It's because I think that uh, taking the time away, if you're aware enough, if you've looked in the mirror, right, you're aware that something is wrong. Sometimes I guess you just need enough time away to be able to notice the difference, to be able to notice what you're, to be able to to hear yourself a little bit better uh, without the noise of impending doom of the next project, the next thing that you're maybe not doing uh, up to your own standard effectively enough, whatever that means. Taking the time and the space to get away from that can be illustrative in what your next steps should be. Well, I think that goes back to your point, Pete, about compartmentalizing, right? So, and the whole experience that a lot of professionals have had during the two years that we've been doing the whole COVID thing is that it's hard, there's not, there's fewer external structures to help us compartmentalize our lives, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're at home Mm -hmm. and you're working and then it's time to stop working, well, that's really hard because that requires a transition. And I'm still at home and my work is right there in the living room. Yeah. (laughs) Hard to say. Like that's the opposite of what Nikki is talking about with getting away for long enough so that your brain can relax out of that state that it's in. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we work on in our groups is, you know, having a sort of 24 hour cycle that allows for work time to end where the giant to-do list isn't sitting on your shoulder 24-7, but that you actually put it away into the closet for a little while so your brain can think about other things and do the recovering. So that, oh, then if I'm actually recovered, I can start getting excited and motivated and creative again. Um, So how do we put that stuff away? And this goes back to not overworking, not overthinking, how to say, okay, I'm going to delete, delegate, diminish, delay, and disappoint 
intentionally right now put myself back in charge of how this thing goes. Um, it's my show. I'm the director. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Great love way it. to end. All right. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, Casey, always a pleasure. Uh, having you come yes. chat with us and hang with us for the last hour. It has been a real treat. You want to uh, send, uh, where Where should we send people who want to learn more about your uh, life and work? My life and work <laughs> <laughs> can be found at DixonLifeCoaching.com. Uh, that's D-I-X-O-N, LifeCoaching.com. Um, and there's tons of information there right now. Um, I do specialize in working with high achieving smarty pantses with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think if you want to learn more about the five D's in particular, um, that's something that I've integrated in my six module e-course, which is an online course called live well ADHD. And there's just five hours of me video going <laughs> on there it, you can learn and a big old workbook and all sorts of fun things so that's something that you can check out uh, at dixonlifecoaching.com great oh, thank you so thank much you so been really so fun much Such a pleasure always always a treat can't wait to I, I'm glad we're done because now we can start planning next time you come yes let's do it that's right thank you everybody for downloading and listening to this show thank you for your time and your attention please don't forget it's March Madness head over to patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn about how you can contribute to this community uh, special this month you can access the uh, coaching with Nikki is coming up and we have the new platinum channel for coaching with Nikki and coffee with Pete beginning April exclusive to the Platinum tier and you can get access to our members only podcast coming up the placeholder podcast with Pete again you are amazing we appreciate your time and your attention on behalf of Casey Dixon and Nikki Kinzer I'm Pete Wright we'll catch you right back here next week on Taking Control the ADHD podcast 